When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. Welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I am Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Brood on the eve of NBA free agency. Technically, teams can start sign can't start signing players until August sixth, but the moratorium period starts August second. Uh, unless you're every team in the NBA, except maybe the Hornets, because Mitch Kupchak does not tamper. Uh, teams are already leaking what their intentions are. We got a rumor on Andre Iguodala meeting with the Warriors, and I don't know if if that's coming out this early in, into free agency. I'd suspect he's probably going to end up with the Warriors, which is notable considering the Lakers were linked to him. Uh, and then probably the biggest news of the day is the Miami Heat intend on reuniting Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. How they're going to do that, I'm not sure. Uh but of the two, Kyle Lowry seems the most realistic. For all the talk about the Lakers spacing issues, that Heat team with DeRozan, Butler, and Bam would be very, very interesting. We are bearing the lead of uh, last week. I told listeners that you were having close calls with Bears and that if you weren't on here, um, it would be because you got eaten by a bear. I take it that you were able to fight them off Revenant style. Oh, man. So we did have a few bear encounters. There were bears that came to our campsite. One sniffed our tent. There was no food in there. I just think I smell delicious. And um... <laughs> But the very next night, before we even went to bed, the bears came onto our campground. Because according to the person that, I guess, scares the bears away, that's his job at the campground. He said the bears know when the trash gets taken out at the campsite. So they Mm. collectively come down and try to get one last feast in before they have to, you know, scrape for for food. So before we, we even went to bed, I just hear my cousin outside of the tent start yelling at the bear and as i'm walking outside of the tent my other cousin goes do not get out of the tent it is walking right past your tent like okay well i'm gonna stay inside thank you so yes i made it but just barely pun intended (laughs) no actually no but it worked out yeah 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 Yeah, i uh you sent I went camping many times. I obviously live in Indiana and our campgrounds do not can are there's no bears. So I've went many times and you had sent a message at some point that there'd been bears at your campground and I just couldn't even <laughs> grasp just casually having bears walking around and being able to sleep peacefully after that. So um I guess that is the difference between camping in Indiana and camping in uh, California. But um, yeah, I'm glad that you were able to fight them off and uh, make it back because a lot has happened since the last time we talked. Yeah. Uh, 
you, you know what? That's actually a, a good point. There's, a, but we'll quickly, because there is a lot to talk about. Russell Westbrook trade. Give me your quick hit thoughts. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm for it. Um, obviously I wrote a piece last week before it even happened. There were kind of some uh, murmurs, some rumblings that it could be coming about. So um, I wrote about it, and in that piece, I spoke about why I was why I was for it. I didn't really focus too much on on court stuff, because I mean that 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 could be seven other articles in itself, um, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about that this off season now. But just from like a roster construction standpoint and kind of a philosophy standpoint is how I attacked it. This is, I think it kind of boils down to the Lakers have always wanted a third star next to LeBron and AD. Um, I would still contend Russ is a star, certainly not the star he once was. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the third star that they've wanted. So. Um, I think this is always where the Lakers wanted to get to get uh, one of those guys, whether it was initially Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or now Russ um, or Dame or Bradley Beal, like the the report suggested were their kind of unrealistic plan A's for the offseason. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. I'm excited to I haven't looked at a ton of tape yet because you can barely breathe during free agency in the off season. So um, I'll do that after free agency winds down, which is what we're going to talk about today, but I'm excited. There's a lot of, a lot of things that, uh, that a lot of ways that I think this can be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think any player that averages a triple double is a star. Um Four times in the last five years, he has averaged a triple-double. And the all-time leader in triple-doubles averaged 22.2 points, 11.7 assists, and 11.5 rebounds per game last year. Uh, I mean, if that's not a star, I don't know what is. Um, But there are undoubtedly uh, flaws in Westbrook's game. And although I am a fan of Russ and a believer in, you know, two star players and LeBron James being enough for the Lakers to make a deep playoff run, if not a title run. My concern and what I'm most interested in seeing the Lakers address in free agency is in the case of Westbrook and LeBron, those are two specific types of players that you need to build rosters around. When you have a star player like Anthony Davis, like a LeBron James and Anthony Davis, it very much was a a plug and play situation, despite, you know, some of the conversations around that trade at the time. It was very obvious LeBron James and Anthony Davis were going to complement each other well. And it was easy to see how that pairing was going to work. The same is still true of LeBron and AD, and I think the same is true of Westbrook and AD, as our own Alex Regla wrote on SilverScreenRoll.com. If you haven't read that, give it give it a look. It is absolutely worth the read. Um, 
it's the combination of them and the personnel that they need around them to really reach their ceiling as a team. And my worry is that the overlap between what a Russell Westbrook team and what a LeBron James team needs isn't going to be enough. And if they do find that overlap, what resources they can put into finding guys like that? Um, because I mean, when you trade for a contract over $40 million, the amount you're going to be able to spend in free agency is not a lot. I mean, really the only asset asset they have going into free agency is the taxpayer mid-level exception. Um, and, you know, who knows who they'll get with that. But, I mean, we have a few ideas that we'll go over a little later in the show. But first, I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, there have been reports that the Lakers had a pretty good sense that there would be veterans lining up to play or sign a minimum deal, basically, um, if they got a third star, which they obviously did. Everything's so – like, I doubt the Lakers just did this without an idea of there being guys that would come um, and – which people would come like i doubt the lakers were like all right we're gonna trade for russ and probably people will play with him right (laughs) (laughs) like they're thinking multiple steps ahead here like they got an idea of um who would be available who would be open to coming on the minimum um and join russ lebron and ad and um obviously the lakers need shooters um every team's gonna be after them but I think a thing to keep in mind as well is the Lakers certainly need shooting and it's going to be important for them to find shooters. But at the same time, shooters are going to want to play in Los Angeles because they, they know they're guaranteed a lot of playing time. Your Wayne Ellington's your Reggie Bullock's um, guys like that, um, you know, are guaranteed, um, to get minutes and they're guaranteed to get open looks like Russell Brown and AD are going to draw so much defensive attention that um, those guys are going to get open looks. And that's not even accounting for the shots that LeBron and Russ can just create open looks from. Um, so I wouldn't, I mean, I have trust in Rob Polinka. I know this last off season, and last season didn't end well. I don't know how much. I mean, I would put some blame on the front office, but also like they couldn't possibly have accounted for the injuries that were going to happen and just kind of how much dysfunction that caused. And this is also literally a GM that built a title team. And those are few and far between in the NBA right now. There's only a handful of GMs that have built title teams. So it's not easy to do. Um, it's a lot more difficult than simply we have Russ or we have LeBron, we have AD, just put anybody else around him and we'll win a title. Um, you have to win on those margins, which they've since Palinka's gotten here, they've d- been really good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really gonna, they're really gonna see how good they can win on those margins because the margins is basically all they have to work with, uh, in free agency this summer. Yeah. And that's, 
I mean, if you're going to look at one positive of this Russell Westbrook trade, it is that Rob Palenka once again saw an opportunity to upgrade the roster and he took it. I mean, after the Lakers won a championship, Rob Palenka took an opportunity to upgrade the roster uh, with the signings of Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus All. Um, you know, those signings may have looked better in hindsight or at the time than they do in hindsight. But I think generally speaking, those were well-regarded moves. And, you know, for the skeptics of the Russell Westbrook trade, you just got to hope that the opposite is true this year, that that Westbrook is going to end up being better than it seems right now. Um, again, I do think Westbrook will help the Lakers in a, lo- a lot of areas and, just gives them another guy that can take over a game for better, or for worse. Um, and, you know, a guy taking over a game for better, or for worse, something that Lakers fans got accustomed to in watching Kobe Bryant uh, all of his years. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if after these playoffs, the Lakers looked at their roster and said, I, we just need somebody else. Like LeBron and AD are perfect when they're healthy. Uh, but the fact that Anthony Davis went, went down and it seemed like nobody could step up in his place yeah. and be that other guy. They were hoping Dennis Schroeder would be it. They were hoping Kyle Kuzma would be it. Uh, that Montrezl Harrell could be it with a scoring punch off the bench. But of all the flaws, those, guys have and all the flaws Westbrook has I think you take the flaws that Westbrook has plus everything else he brings to the table and I think that's ultimately what went into the decision yeah I I I think I said it in our slack I'm not sure if I've said anywhere else but I think the playoffs were kind of the final nail in the coffin for the way the Lakers were currently constructing the team um as you said, Anthony Davis goes down and they need somebody, literally anybody to step up alongside LeBron. And game five and game six were just train wrecks in that regard. I I don't know if a role player had a good postseason. Um, I can't think offhand anyone who particularly was consistent and stepped up especially in those last two games. West was decent, but he didn't shoot the ball well. Um, and I, the Lakers, I would say, probably looked at the team, looked at the roster, looked at the possibilities out there, and decided that this wasn't the way to try to do it again, which is also a kind of a bold take because that's basically how they won the title. Right. Is LeBron, AD, and a bunch of role players, but – it requires so much or it puts so much pressure on uh, LeBron and AD to be great. And they were in the, in the playoffs, in the bubble, they were spectacular. And ultimately the Lakers won um, pretty easily. The, the finals were a little hairy at times, but getting there wasn't terribly difficult. Um, But LeBron's aging AD is always going to have that kind of those injury questions lingering over him. Um, and so they decided that um, it was better to go for a third star and try to fill in the pieces around him. It, I, 
I wonder also how much watching what Brooklyn was able to do. Right. Um, they'd never had three guys healthy. It felt like throughout the season and they were still always one of the best teams. Um, so I wonder watching that as well, if that impacted how Palenka and the front office changed their mindset at all, because, um, I mean, ultimately the, the nets were how many inches of, of Kevin Durant's shoe, two, three inches of his shoe away from being, from eliminating the eventual champions. Right. Um, so I feel like these playoffs, maybe this is me kind of projecting what I thought, but I feel like these playoffs may have had an impact on how the Lakers approach team building this off season. But also ultimately, like we said, they've been chasing a third star forever. So maybe this just kind of solidified some of their beliefs more than changed them that they needed a third star. Um, so yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I and I'm not going to make any kind of sweeping judgments yet because the roster currently has five people on it. Right. Um, but there are very specific types of players that you're going to have to find now in free agency to maximize um, both their skill sets and what LeBron, AD, and Russ do well. The good news is, I think the perception of the Lakers as constructed with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis screams like, at least from a player perspective, championship contender more so than the Lakers roster, even when they won the championship, uh, but last year as well. And that has led to reports about veteran players, established veteran players, quote unquote, lining up to take a veteran's minimum discount or some sort of discount to play for the Lakers. Uh, we've heard a few names thrown out already. Uh, Rudy Gay, DeMar DeRozan, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, but when we come back from the break, we're going to give our own thoughts on players we'd like to see the Lakers sign. Um, we'll try to keep it based in reality, but uh, I don't know who you picked and you don't know who I picked. So we'll see where it goes. That'll be us when we get back. All right. We each have three players, one guard. Well, actually, I shouldn't say one guard because you informed me right before we started recording that you have two players for. Well, I, I kind of went, I wanted a backup option unless, in case you took mine. <laughs> okay. And I also just went with kind of a wilder name. I also want to say, thank God all of the takes about who is the Lakers' third best player are dead. <laughs> Like as you were talking about that at end, thank thank heavens we don't have to hear that anymore. Or we'll hear it just in a different form, maybe, which might be just as annoying, but thank heavens we don't have to listen to analysts in the playoffs say, Well, the Lakers top two are good, but three through seven, who's their but yeah, those are dead. The first game that Westbrook and A D just take over together that robin screenshot of lebron james for space oh, i've already was gonna go i've already crazy. had it saved i and that was before <laughs> russ even came yeah uh it's yeah it, it, again it really is all about hitting around the margins and and making the right moves alongside them um g given their financial restraints i don't know what that looks like um, I don't know what exactly the market is for each player. I know a lot of teams don't have cap space. Mm -hmm. That's one thing working in the Lakers' favor. 
The other thing is, this is not even like a top heavy free agent class. Like all of the top free agents are pretty much sticking around with their teams with the exception of Kyle Lowry, who I, who I mentioned earlier and maybe DeMar DeRozan. Um, so there is an opportunity here for the Lakers to say, Hey, this isn't the summer you're going to get paid. Come win a championship, raise your value at a, by being part of a championship team, Rondo obviously got that massive contract from the Atlanta Hawks a year after winning a championship with the Lakers. If Rondo can bring his value back from the dead, being, you know, mostly a non-shooting and non-defending point guard for most of his Lakers career. I think if you're a free agent, you look at the Lakers as a real opportunity to, to raise your value. So with all of that in mind, we asked each other, to put together a list of free agents we'd target if we were Rob Palenka. Uh, one guard, one forward, and one big man. Uh, I think like the All-Star game, the word big man is probably used a little loosely. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see We'll see where we went with, with that. But let's start with the guard. Who is your pick for the guard you would target if you were the Lakers um, as you were talking, I'm going to rule out any of the uh, internal free agents. Cause I would bring back either both Talon and Caruso. Um, the guy I wrote down was Patty Mills, who is rumored to potentially have interest. Um, and I was looking at his stats um, the other day, I believe yesterday, as uh he in a lot of ways is exactly what the Lakers need he's going to space a floor he's a career 38.8% three point shooter and he is entering his 13th year in the league he's smart he's played with the Spurs he's won titles he's been reliable always played a bunch of games um and i think his shooting he, his shooting would allow him to get on the court in a lot of lineups. It would be interesting because he's listed at 6-1, and that seems a bit generous. But um, So I don't know how much – it, it'd be interesting how they'd be able to use him with the starting lineup if they could. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think one of the biggest things this team is going to need, obviously, as we spoke, is shooting, and he's one of the better – if not the best three-point shooting guard that would be in the Lakers kind of range as a potential either minimum or taxpayer mid-level exception guy. Yeah, and and when you talk about shooting, I I think it's important to note that he is like just a scorer. I think I think when people talk about the Lakers needing shooting, it's usually three-point shooting, uh, which is going to be the case most of the time with LeBron James, somebody just standing in the corner and making three-pointers. Um, but somebody that can make plays out of the pick and roll and pull up from the mid range, uh, you know, bounce it off the glass, uh, attacking it in the paint. He, he's just, a, he's a really talented scorer and, and anything else he gives up on the defensive end is kind of negated by how, how talented of a scorer he is. He had that crazy game for Australia in the Olympics that made me mm-hmm. go, Hmm, maybe the Lakers should target him. Uh, but as high as I am on him, he was not my pick. And you'll sense a theme 
in, in the <laughs> in the players I pick. Similar to players picking like late in the first round, less than ideal positions. I think you just got to go upside. And for that reason, I think the Lakers would be wise to take a flyer on Victor Oladipo. Um, wow. Between I, the two of us, it is stunning that I was <laughs> not the one making a case for Oladipo, but go on. I don't know when he'll be back. I can't imagine it's sooner than December. Um, but he seems like the perfect guy to it, it, or I should say, not only does he seem like the perfect guy for the Lakers to take a flyer on and him looking better than his contract immediately upon his return, but he's also somebody I can see, you know, that won't need to step in and be good right away. Like I could totally see a scenario where the Lakers signed Victor Oladipo and then for the first two and a half months of the regular season have Wesley Matthews start alongside Russell Westbrook and then Westbrook moves back into that reserve role that he played last season. Um, I don't know. I, I think it makes a lot of sense for, for both teams. I get the concerns about his health because the types of injuries he suffered over the last few years are not small injuries. And the last thing you want as a Lakers fan is a player with an injury history after last season. Um, but he is not too far removed from being a, a star level player. And I don't know. I just think when, when players like that are available and especially when you have a hole at shooting guard, like the Lakers do now, that's one where, if he's available and he's willing to sign for the veterans minimum, I don't know if I'd give him the taxpayer mid-level, but if he's a veterans minimum guy, you absolutely, you know, do your due diligence on that and roll with the punches as they come. Yeah, I was doing the math. Um, So he had his breakout year, his first year in uh, Indiana with the Pacers. Since then, that was in 2017, 18. Since then, he has played in 88 games over the last three seasons. Um, a couple of those were shortened seasons, but you're going to make me argue against Oladipo. Um, hey, the argument's not hard to make either yeah, against I, him. I just don't know how much the Lakers will also be interested in going after, like you said, a guy with an injury history like this, considering how last year went, um, there may not be anybody with more upside that the Lakers could afford. And I think there was a report that came out um, today, Sunday, that the market is drying up on him and Mm -hmm. he could be someone they target. I'd be fine targeting him, but it should be like one of their last roster spots where like, if it works, so be it. If it's not, then they can cut bait. Because mm-hmm. I also remember um, I found the article or the clip back in May. Now, Brian Windhorse has been known to kind of speak out of pocket sometimes. But he said, uh, quote, the Heat haven't announced it, but there's a good chance Oladipo is going to miss all of next season. There's just so much kind of uncertainty with this injury. Um it's a weird injury. A quad injury is what he's dealt with because he ruptured his quad back in 2019. And that's not a basketball injury. 
Yeah. That's typically like a football injury. So there just really isn't a precedent for this happening. So it's kind of hard to predict how he'll be or how he'll come back. And he's a guy that relied so much on athleticism. So um, I wouldn't be against it. I just wouldn't be, they absolutely would not be able to rely on him in any meaningful way. And it would have to be kind of a um, complimentary signing, I guess, kind of a, the last roster spot, just take a chance and let him rehab and see if, as you said, in December, January, see where things are as they get closer to the trade deadline. And mm-hmm. um, if they're good and he's able to come back, then yeah, maybe he's the, the final missing piece. The other argument I would have is we saw what Russ and Oladipo together looked like in OKC, and it wasn't great, uh, but it's a different Oladipo since then. So um, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I, I hadn't really considered it an option until I read that article or read that report today. Um, listen, if if the Lakers sign Oladipo, I don't even care if he doesn't play a single game for him. I will buy an Oladipo Lakers. I've I have an Oladipo uh thunder shirt i have an oladipo pacers shirt he wasn't on the rockets long enough for me to get one and i will be by i'm i've been looking for like a vice city one from the heat um i am i will stand that man until his career is done but unfortunately it's looking like his career might be closer to done than anybody wants to admit yeah i mean it is i mean all of the points you made i made to myself before making that pick um it's just i think the biggest area of concern to me when it comes to this roster and this is the last thing i'll say before we move on to you know our forward section but um as much as i think the lakers want to fortify that point guard position after the season they had last year with with Dennis Schroeder fighting through uh, COVID protocols because we can't say that he had COVID. Um, he doesn't want to say it, but certainly uh, Woj will say it for him, <laughs> I guess. Um, but I, I think the shooting guard position is probably the one you got to fill and and – you know, if you're going to use the taxpayer MLE, if if not a shooting guard, then just a wing in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, as again, I like Russ. I like the trade in a vacuum. Uh, but Russ likes to gamble a lot on the <laughs> defensive end. And to have somebody a little more disciplined on that end alongside him, or at least somebody that's going to... um you know, but be closer to a star level player. So it's like, it doesn't matter what they do on the defensive end because, you know, he's so good. I think that's going to be really important for them. I would like Danny Green. I, I don't think that's realistic. I think the Philadelphia 76ers are probably going to pay him handsomely to return because Doc really likes him. Uh, but if he wants to come back on the taxpayer mid-level exception, I'd welcome back with welcome him back with open arms. I would not blame him one bit if he does not want to do that, <laughs> considering how he was treated. Um, we're going to move on to the forwards section. And this is a position or a need, I think, that Lakers fans have been banging on the table for for two years now. 
really since LeBron James came into the foray and there was this, you know, need for a backup for him when he's on the court. It's kind of hard to find a backup for LeBron James, especially one that's comparable. Uh, I I don't even know what a lightweight LeBron James looks like in the (laughs) NBA, but there has certainly been a need. Kyle Kuzma has tried to fill it over the last two seasons. I think he did a decent job, but as much as I liked Kyle Kuzma and I defended him a lot for, you know, the contributions he made to the team, I do think a lot of the things that Kyle Kuzma did can be replaced yeah. for the veterans minimum. Like, I think there are guys that can do what he can do uh, or at least something similar for a much lower price tag. And um, one of those guys to me is Otto Porter Jr. And he's another guy who, again, hasn't played a lot in the last few seasons. I actually think I wrote how much he's played uh, over the last three or so seasons the other day on Silver Screen and Roll. I'll try to pull that up uh, as I'm talking. But generally speaking, he was a guy who once upon a time with the Washington Wizards was a starting level player and got a massive bag from them to somebody who is now because of injuries and, uh, you know, injuries that have led to his roles decreasing on teams, falling out of the rotation, could be a guy that's available for the taxpayer mid-level or even the veterans minimum. I'd lean toward the, the, the taxpayer mid-level, but he's, uh, he, I think, fits the ethos of what the Lakers are trying to do, arguably better than most of the free agents on the market, at least in theory. In, in, his, in his best form, he's somebody that can knock down three-pointers at a pretty efficient clip and is not afraid to take them. Uh, but I think the underrated part of his game is he's somebody that likes to get out and leak out in transition and can run the floor really well. And when you're playing on a team with Russell Westbrook, especially in small ball lineups with Anthony Davis, that's exactly the type of guy you want. Um, I think he's probably more of a four than he is a three now, just because of the injuries that have mounted up. And, but I mean, that would be a home run play for the Lakers. I don't know if he views a reserve role as highly as, you know, I don't know. The Warriors, I'm guessing, have the taxpayer mid-level still available to them. But say the Warriors come and say, you can start at the three or a team similar that already has enough star power at each position to be able to offer him, take a flyer on him. Uh, but if he is, if he is interested in a reserve role, I think the Lakers should absolutely pursue that. The, you, you mentioned there's a theme among your guys. Is it that none of them can stay on the court? <laughs> well, it's upside for a reason. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, the idealized version or like the healthy, I guess, version of Otto Porter, I'm 100% for. I Back when you said, as you mentioned, he got the bag from the Wizards, I wanted the Lakers. I was making the argument for them to give him the bag if uh, if Washington didn't. Um, so I'm 100% here for it. I honestly, I can't even really look up his synergy stats because he played all of 28 games last year. Um, I can't. I can pull them up, but they're going to be such a small sample size that 
Um, it's hard to really even glean anything from him. Yeah, I mean, if he's healthy, there really isn't much of an argument against it. Um, he uh, he does a lot of he get he has the size, he has the shooting. He um, I believe he's six eight, um, and I mean, even for as poorly as he's, or even for as much as he struggled to get stay on the court, like he's ranked in the 70th percentile or higher um, the last three seasons as a three-point shooter for forwards. Um, I mean, three times in the last, since 2016-17, he's ranked in the 96th percentile or higher. Um there's certainly an argument to be made that he's worth a, a risk. Um, but yeah, I mean, he played 28 games last year. He played 14 games a year before that. Um, that would be the worry. And again, I don't know that it is something the Lakers can afford considering how last year went. Maybe they just say that was an aberration and it can't happen again, but uh I would not be surprised if they go away from some of these more injury-prone players. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, the name I had written down, it was name you mentioned earlier, kind of linked to the Lakers, Andre Iguodala. Um, I mean, he's always going to be linked to the Lakers until he retires because he was a former Polinka client. Um, so anytime he's available, the Lakers are going to be – mentioned mm-hmm. um i watched a, a handful of miami games last season i was surprised how good he still looked um statistically it's always hard to to kind of judge him based on statistics because really since he's gone to golden state like a lot of what he does isn't even really like there's no stat for it like he's one of the best wing defenders of all time i think mm-hmm. And there's not really a stat that will tell you that. Um, he's one of the smartest players. Um, and, I mean, that that Warriors death lineup was a death lineup for a reason. And um, he was, especially when they got Durant, he was just kind of the, the, the fifth guy there. And he was basically the reason it was able to work, um, at least before Durant and whatnot. So... I really like him. I There was already talk about the Warriors um, and a reunion there. I If it's a bid, if it's a battle between the Lakers and Warriors, I don't see the Lakers winning that. Um, but I don't, I, I don't know. Are the Lakers or the Warriors in a better shape to win a title right now? I don't know how much that matters to him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's also going to be – I think this Lakers team is going to be built for the playoffs. They're going to have enough talent to be a 51 team, whatever it's going to ultimately mm-hmm. end up being. But this is going to be a team that I think is focused on the playoffs. And in that regard, Iggy has been one of the best playoff performers of his generation. I mean, he has a one of the more controversial finals MVPs, but he has a finals MVP. Um, so that would be the guy I would go after. He doesn't really necessarily help in the shooting department. 
he's a good playmaker. He's a good um, decision maker. He offers you a lot of versatility because he can play either the three or the four. Um, but uh, you would have to get even more <laughs> shooting right. because he's uh, not somebody – I was trying to pull up his numbers. Even in the playoffs, um, since 2014 when he joined Golden State, he's only a 35% three-point shooter. Um, and he's somebody that defenses just leave open. That was always what they did in Golden State. And it was just if we lose because Iguodala made threes and we lost. And I would imagine that would be the same case in Los Angeles if they lose because Iguodala made threes and they lost. But um, the Warriors were able to win in spite of that. So uh, he'd, he'd probably be um, one of the top names on my list, period, for the Lakers to call this offseason. So would you say that you want Iguodala? Yeah, so I wrote an article about it today, and I literally used that video. I said the Lakers free agency plans, and it was just Max uh, Kellerman saying, I, I want Iguodala. Uh, yeah, I I think in theory he's a really good fit because any, any guys, and to your point about that Warriors team and how good he looked in that Warriors team, I feel like that core four of Steph, Clay, Durant, and Draymond just showed the value in guys that can do the little things at a really high level. Like there was very little precedent for being on a team that talented with that type of shooting where you could be a non scorer, uh, which I don't know if that's fair to call Iggy, but it's certainly not his best skill at, at this stage of his career and certainly not in today's NBA. Um, but to have a guy like that is really, really, really valuable. And uh, a lot of the things he can do isn't super reliant on his athleticism. He has great length and can get to the rim uh, when he has an open lane to the rim. So I like him a lot. But yeah, to your point, guys like that only work when you have shooting and, and scoring in the right areas. I could see him in a closing lineup defensively it makes a ton of sense, but offensively if your closing lineup is lebron ad russ iggy i mean you better have clay <laughs> at shooting guard I, say, I don't know there's any one player that's gonna fix all that stuff just because he attracts so many eyes yeah that that's certainly the argument um i mean the other name i wrote down might be worth a mention because i think he's going to be a laker i'd be stunned if he wasn't as mellow um, and he's kind of the opposite. Like he's going to shoot the ball, and he right. Yeah, he, uh, he hit three pointers at a career high rate last year. I believe it was a tick over forty percent. Um, he seems to have kindly, kind of, finally accepted what his best role will be in the NBA. I mean, he's thirty-seven. I would hope he would at some point realize it. Um, he's going to have to adapt his game, but yeah, he shot 41% from three last year, 82nd percentile for forwards. Um, hilariously, he was better and guard. He literally shot better and guarded catch and shoots yeah. than unguarded catch and shoots. Um, that's but, my favorite mellow stat. JR, uh, yeah, before he, he signed the with the Lakers one. was the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mellow had, 89 unguarded catch and shoots last year and shot 37.1 percent 
He had 121 guarded catch and shoots and shot 37.2%. Um, but I, I mean, he's a shooter, scorer, um, and he makes a lot of sense to this current Lakers team. I think there, there were times when he did make a lot of sense. Um, like when, uh, he was last rumored here, but, um, I think now he makes a lot of sense and I would very much support. I think that's somebody that they should go after is mellow. And I think they will. I mean, I, I forgot who reported it. It might've been Brad Turner of the LA times. Yep. Uh, reported that mellow is basically waiting by the phone. And yep. if that's the case, you know, make that call. I'm much higher on mellow than I was you know, two seasons ago. So I'd, I'd be totally cool with that. Even from like a nostalgia standpoint, I tweeted today that it is very possible that the Lakers have like six players from that 2012 Olympic team on their roster next season. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's awesome. AD, LeBron, Russ, Mello, um, Iggy, maybe Kevin Love. That's uh, hmm. we'll that's... see. I, I think Kevin Love is burning bridges, but uh, I I said it uh, when that wild Jerry Colangelo stat or story quote whatever came out that um, he doesn't really solve any issues for the Lakers, but I really like Kevin Love and I want him in. I wouldn't mind him in L.A., but uh, <laughs> I yeah, I want a lot of. I just want this team to be fun. Yeah, and, and right now I'm prioritizing that over them being good on too many of these options. So, like, it'd be fun to have Iggy, and it'd be fun to have Kevin Love, but, like, that's not going to be a team that wins the title. That'll be a really fun 50-win team that loses in the second round, I guess. As many bridges as Kevin Love is burning, he is also extending all the branches, just randomly shouting out his former Cavs teammates, including LeBron James, uh, right before free agency begins. Purely coincidence. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get into our last position, which is a big. And this was, this was you, you could have gone in a few directions here. Um, I don't know what to think about the Lakers center position. I think Dwight comes back. Um, I thought that before Brad Turner reported that he was interested in coming back and that there was mutual interest on that front. Uh because on Instagram for like four days, he posted pictures of himself with the hashtag, I want my damn parade. And um, I was like, huh, that's an interesting thing to, to post right before free agency starts. <laughs> um, Just like Kevin Love, purely a coincidence. <laughs> and the only team he hasn't had a parade with is, is the Lakers. So connect the dots there as you will. Um Assuming it's Dwight and Mark, I think those two complement each other pretty well. They offer you different things, uh, but both of them offer you some level of rim protection. But in Dwight, you're getting the vertical threat you're looking for. In Mark, you're getting shooting. Um, so I, I did not know where to go with the, the center or big position. Again, it, it could be a four that you went with. Uh, so I'd like to get your thoughts before I give my answer. So, I mean, I wrote Dwight, but I was going to make much of the same argument you did for 
This I literally went the center position first, and this is why I was like, oh, I probably need two answers because Dwight seems really obvious, and I, <laughs> Christian will probably talk about it too. So the other name I wrote was actually Cody Zeller. Um, is, is he a free agent? He is, and Ooh. he has spoken multiple times. He did it at his exit interview, and then he did it on Woj's podcast recently that he uh he's he's how do i say this nicely he basically wants to play for a contender and is willing to come off the bench for them um he said he would be open to a backup role on a contender Mm -hmm. um he is somebody that we're we're reversing roles now because uh i'm making the argument for the injury prone guy (laughs) um he is somebody that has been really good for the hornets whenever he's healthy and he has not been healthy a ton. Um, He uh, this past season, when he was on the court, the Hornets were a really good team. He's one of those guys. And he kind of made this argument in his exit interview. Like there isn't really any one thing he's great at, right? He's, he's not a stretch the floor guy he's not a great rebounder he's not a great post scorer he's not a great rim defender but when he's on the court the the team always plays better um and it's he's just one of those types of guys so um when he was on the court last season the hornets were just over a 50 win team playing at that that kind of that pace um so I, th- I ultimately think Dwight comes back and unless Mark Gasol retires, they're going to roll into the season with Dwight and Mark as the centers and AD is going to play a lot more center. Um, but if something happens and Dwight randomly tweets out that he's going to come back to the Lakers and then they don't offer him a contract, uh, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, then I think Cody would be the next guy I'd go after. That would never happen. That would again just purely coincidence hypothetically speaking i mean that would be the most dwight thing ever but that would be it's so silly that it just doesn't sound like it would ever happen um yeah i I agree dwight dwight mark and ad will be enough at the center position and i felt the same way about mark trez and ad last year um i i don't know what happened uh but i Generally speaking, I think Mark Dwight and AD is enough. And for that reason, I went with somebody who's more of a specialist than he is like somebody that can start for you. He's only going to play spot minutes, which is all that's going to be left if the Lakers, you know, sign Dwight, have Mark and AD, bring back Markeith and you know, if these rumors about Rudy Gay hold any credence, um, he'll be on the team too. There'll be little, little, little room for playing time. But I think if you are going to target a big man uh, behind those guys, he has to be somebody that can shoot the ball. And I think Nemanja Bialica would be a really good option for them. Uh, I didn't love him. What what he did with the, the Heat, I actually thought he looked pretty bad. But in my time watching him with the Kings he was a pretty reliable shooter and just seemed like somebody that could hit big buckets down the stretch uh was pretty cool and calm when it when it came to that stuff so 
any big man that, that can space the floor. I mean, Kelly Olenek would be nice, <laughs> but he ain't First coming First time on... anybody's ever really said that properly. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if you ignore, you know, him trying to rip somebody's arm out of their socket, like he's a fine basketball player. I don't think we're getting Kevin Love if we're getting <laughs> Kelly Olenek. Uh, but yeah, if, if I mean, if you're looking for shooting at somebody that can play the four or the five, and and I want to be clear, it would be in a very limited role, spot minutes in which the Lakers play five out uh, because it's advantageous to them. I, I think he'd be great. If uh, I thought this was a, a prelude into you were mentioning a guy who could play a very specific role in spot minutes, and I thought you were going to have the homecoming of another former Laker and bring back Mike Muscala. No, I'm all right. Actually, <laughs> what's funny is I tweeted the other day that there are not basketball reasons to not want Danny Green back on the Lakers. It's all rooted in emotion. I'm guilty of that with Mike Muscala. I think Mike Muscala has been actually pretty good the last few seasons. It's just that He's damn been... that damn trade. I will never like. I don't hate Mike Muscala. I don't hate any like basketball player uh, that I that I. You know, it's just, it's not in me. I'm not that guy. But Mike Muscala, hearing his name. Just makes me feel something. It makes me feel like icky. Yeah, because you look at him and then, or you hear his name and you immediately think of the fact that Zubats isn't on the team because of a trade for him. It's, yeah, it's totally unfair. Uh, but yeah, whenever I hear his name, I just get like this really angry. I, I hope one day somebody is able to give Magic some truth serum. And I just want to know the reasoning. It's not going to make me happy. It's it's probably just going to make me angrier. But what was the reasoning there? Like, he was... Imagine... I don't want to rehash this. Imagine you're the Clippers. You just traded... You got Mike Muscala. As, I think it was part of the um, Tobias Harris trade, maybe? Right. And you he's on the roster for literally a day. And the Lakers call and say... Hey, we'll give you Zubats for him. Like, it's bold. Do you? I can't imagine what that front office was doing when they heard that. Um, doing backflips. Yeah, what they were doing. There is an argument, though, overall, not with Mike Muscala, but with some type of player of getting a kind of a a change up there with that last spot. Um, it's just hard to find that type of player. You mentioned Olenek. Maybe a Daniel Tice. He's at least shown a willingness to shoot from the three-point line. I don't really know. I'm not crazy about him. Um, yeah, it would be – I mean, Jermichael Green, I think, opted out. Um, he's a free agent, but I would imagine he's coming back. Um, there's a – I mean, James Johnson is, I don't know that he'd necessarily be a center, but he's kind of more of a big man. He wasn't very good for New Orleans watching him last year. Um, you mentioned Bielitsa. It's just a weird um, position. Jabari Parker, someone that has consistently been linked to the Lakers, but like he's getting worse, it seems. Like he keeps landing on teams and not really working out. 
Zach Collins, if you want to buy low candidate, he's another guy who has been hurt though. Um, I believe they did restricted too. I don't, I think they did not extend the qualifying offer today. Uh, Portland did. Um, so he, uh, Oh, but I didn't. I read is extended. Wow. No, yeah, I, I think so. He's unrestricted, but I would also imagine that um, he'll get more money from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that the center position will be interesting because you pretty much need Anthony Davis to play more center for Russ, LeBron, and AD to work together. And the reports are that he said he would. So I don't know how much you put into getting another center. Um, I guess that's why it makes a little more sense for Dwight because he showed a willingness to not play mm-hmm. when AD played center and it worked. So maybe that that's something you do. But uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they address the center position. We're going to take a quick break uh, and we're already going pretty long. Uh, so the last segment of our show, we asked you guys on Twitter to give us your bold predictions for the offseason, the Lakers offseason. So we'll go through those and then and give our our bold predictions on uh, what we think the Lakers will do this offseason. So quick break and then we'll be right back. We put out tweets like that this pretty often and our the responses we get are dependent on, I guess, the time of the day or the week. We got a lot of responses for these. Uh, some more based in reality than others. I will start with one that you sent to me. Uh, <laughs> I that... was I, I was writing a story when you sent this, and it was one of those I had a different tab open, and I come back, and I use TweetDeck, and for those of you that use TweetDeck, it just kind of flows down the screen, and I open up TweetDeck, and it just whoosh waterfall on my mentions column i'm like what in the world just happened so yeah that was the the last one i saw i thought okay what are we what's our plan for this podcast now so alvin nelson 07 tweeted us saying his prediction is a three-way trade with the wizards and warriors coups and mantras to the wizards kcp dennis Schroeder and the 27 picked 22nd pick to the warriors and clay and westbrook to the lakers um that's a lot to take in yeah i'm not going to disparage anyone but uh yeah that there's no way in hell that i mean it's one of those things where like you can't spend all this time talking about how bad a player is on the lakers and i don't necessarily know if alvin did this i'm making some assumptions but you can't say that oh this player is bad and then expect to be able to trade him for clay thompson they're also just not trading clay thompson so uh leonard victor is predicting a four-team trade so we're getting bigger building bigger you know the the very typical four-team trades in the nba yes where the lakers get buddy healed the clippers get kemba walker and tristan thompson okc gets dennis Schroeder, ibaka and rondo and the kings get patrick beverly canard and zubats um he said it works on the espn trade machine a machine assuming Schroeder agrees to similar salary is healed. I think Dennis Schroeder would love to get a similar salary yeah. to Buddy Healed. I don't uh, know if he's going to get it. There's a, I also don't know why the Clippers would give up Ibaka 
Kennard and Zubats for Kimba Walker and Tristan Thompson. Um, maybe like the idealized version of Kimba Walker, mm-hmm. but he was pretty bad last year and he has to go to, we need a nickname for OKC because I mean, guys go there, like rehab their value and then get traded away. Um, maybe this time next year, that'd be a little more realistic, but yeah, Schroeder is, I, I I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with Schroeder. Because his market is just collapsing. Like, he pr- he would have had some leverage with the Lakers had we not had we traded for Buddy instead of Russ, and maybe he'd be back if we traded for Buddy instead of Russ. Uh, <laughs> we have Russ now, so like, uh, there's he has no leverage, um, and we will almost certainly have Tht back, considering he's a restricted free agent. So we mm-hmm. have our starting and backup point guard. So. Um, his market is collapsing and I will be interested to see what they do to try to, he's an asset still. So I would imagine the Lakers are going to try to trade for him or do a sign and trade with him and get something back, but it is not going to be a part of a 14 deal where we get buddy healed. The, the Schroeder sign and trade that I think is a little more realistic, but I don't know if it's um, actually, I think Frank Nilakina is a free agent, so maybe not. But uh, we we got a tweet saying a Schroeder sign and trade for Kevin Knox and Nilakina, book it. Um, I'm not sure if I agree with the package. I do agree with the team. I think Schroeder ultimately ends up on the New York Knicks, because um, I don't. I mean, I don't even know what their point guard situation looks like right now. It was uh, Derrick Rose, who was the best player for them in the uh, the playoffs, that playoff series against the Hawks. But, yeah, uh, Kevin Knox has one year left. Natila Kina, I'm looking it up, but I'm almost certain he is a free agent. So, uh, unbook it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is a free agent. So, it would be a sign-in trade that the Lakers aren't going to do. The problem is, I agree, the Knicks might be the team that ends up with them. The Knicks have no incentive to do a sign-in trade, especially because I think ultimately the type of deal Schroeder's going to get is like a one-year prove-it deal somewhere, mm-hmm. um, which is even less reason for the Knicks to do a sign-in trade. Um, that's kind of the problem because right now Schroeder is really not like that final piece that pushes you over the top as a title contender, but he's also not young enough to be a part of a rebuilding team. Um, so it's hard to find the right situation for him. Uh, maybe things shake out and a team like Toronto is left without a point guard, although it sounds like a Dragic sign and trade is probably where that ends up. Right. Um, or it's, re- I'm, see, it's hard to even come up with like ideas for where he'll go because there's so many point guards and so many other point guards make so much more sense in a lot of these positions. Like, um, Miami needs a point guard, but I can't imagine Dennis Schroeder in Miami. Um, although they hate three-point shooting, so maybe he will end up in Miami. Um, I could very, very easily picture Dennis Schroeder in Florida. I, I mean, that part, yeah, you're right. Um, the, uh, But I, I don't think he's going to Miami, and I think the Magic have, like, three point guards already. So, um I mean, the Wizards kind of need a point guard, but they've already there's already been reports coming out saying they're not interested in Schroeder. Do you believe that? Uh, 
yeah, probably. He doesn't really make. I don't see your tinfoil hat on. That's why I'm asking. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could understand why they wouldn't be interested in him. They just traded for Aaron Holiday. Um, again, he's kind of this middle piece where, like, they don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess they probably want to contend. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, we'll see. Yeah, uh, it, it, <laughs> I, I I understand where you're coming from. I certainly do because uh, they don't really have a point guard. If they want to compete with Beal, it makes sense in that regard. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, it was it was interesting as we we're recording this. I the picture came out of uh, of Kuzma having dinner or lunch with LeBron and Jared Dudley. I'm assuming it's some type of goodbye lunch today. Um, it's also interesting that Kuzma posts that Jersey swap on his Instagram and Bradley Beal has not interacted with it at all. Um, they, if you want me to put on a tinfoil hat, there's a couple things for you. It's interesting that the guys for the, uh, that were in the buddy healed trade were blindsided since one of them's a rich Paul guy. I find it hard to believe that rich Paul was blindsided. I would think that he would know what's going on with the franchise since he's the agent for their two most important players um i don't know i i can put a tinfoil hat on if you want i would love nothing more um yeah i mean i i mean i can understand why people think a sign and trade would make sense i the longer this goes on the i just can't imagine this many teams were this silent about it and had no leaks about it. I would be thoroughly impressed if it comes out at 6.01 on Monday when you're listening to this probably that there's a sign and trade and we're actually getting Buddy and Russ. I would be stunned because I just can't imagine that so many people have stayed quiet for this long. And if they did, even if the trade doesn't work out, Rob deserves executive of the year for keeping everything in-house like that that's that would be legit insane and i haven't ruled it out entirely yet yet because i'm a psychopath um last thing for us i need one semi-bold prediction form from you about what the lakers are going to do this this off season in, in free agency um i'm kind of stealing it from uh cj who I think was on the podcast before uh he replied to our to that tweet about it i think i don't know if it's bold but i think pal gasol returns in some capacity to the franchise this offseason my bold prediction is alex caruso is not on the team anymore and that brings me no joy to say it felt nasty coming out of my mouth um I just am not super confident the Lakers see much of a difference between Alex Caruso and somebody like Avery Bradley, Corey Joseph, Eric Bledsoe, um, guys like that. And when I said Eric Bledsoe, I saw your face sour. That is also how I feel. Again, I'm not sure the Lakers or people whose opinions are important to the front office feel the same way. Um, and I'm, I'm also just not sure if, uh, the Lakers want to accumulate 
you know, an upwards of $25 million in salary between Caruso, THT, and their uh, taxpayer mid-level exception, which I ultimately think is what it comes down to, whether or not I think uh, THT deserves that type of money. So that's my bold prediction. I hate it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be stunned if he's not on the Lakers is how I will word it. Um, I'll be very frustrated. The, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's for all the reasons you said, I think that they see not much of a difference between what he offers and what they can get on the open market from a veteran at a much cheaper price. I really hope it doesn't come down to money. Um, because then I'll be really frustrated because it's the Lakers and they literally print money, especially now that presumably fans will start coming back into stadiums and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody's going to be throwing money at everything and you're selling like rush jerseys this year and stuff. Um, If I wanted a bright side, that would be a different type of sign and trade asset. And there would be a reason that a team would want to do a sign and trade with Caruso um, but I haven't even allowed myself to think about that. I don't even want that thought in my head, but yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair bold take. I just didn't want to say it. The next, the next time we talk, the Lakers roster could be filled out. I don't anticipate that. Um, but then again, if you're looking at veterans minimum guides, I anticipate the roster will be done by this time next week. Well, Let's hope so, because we'll have plenty to talk about. (laughs) Until then, keep your notifications on for both Silverstream and Roll.com. Woj, Brad Turner, Shams. uh, Mark Stein. Mark Stein. Chris Haynes. Those are all the ones I have. Just keep keep them on. Yeah. Things are going to get interesting. We're all going to be refreshing the next 24 hours our Twitter, so join us. Have fun, everybody. Stay safe, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week.